If you have your Bibles this morning, go with me to Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9 through 13. And I want to share a few moments on this thought, kingdom reset. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. If you're there, shout amen. In this manner, therefore, pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now I want to focus right there on verse 10. Listen to what it says. Your kingdom come. Say that with me. Your kingdom come. We are in what I would title a kingdom reset. We are experiencing a paradigm shift. This is a kingdom era. In Luke chapter 12, verse 32, Jesus said, Do not fear, little flock, for it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Jack Taylor says this, The kingdom of God is the eternal rule of God over everything and everybody, everywhere, for all time and eternity. It is above time, yet envelops time. It transcends time and endures time. A million billion years ago, God's kingdom existed. A million billion years from now, it will still exist. Being eternally permanent, it wins the right to be called everything because everything else is either encompassed by it or will ultimately cease to be. At the beginning of this year, 2020, and at the end of 2019, the Lord began to deal with me about the little prefix re, R-E, R-E, re, from dictionary.com says this, a prefix occurring originally in loan words from Latin used with the meaning again or again and again to indicate repetition or with the meaning back or backwards to indicate withdrawal or backward motions, to regenerate, to refurbish. R-E simply means to do again. Some years ago, my wife used to sing a song that simply said he'll do it again. God is going to do some things again that he did in yesteryear. He won't do it the same. It won't look the same. It may not smell the same. It may not sound the same, but it will be the same God doing the same things that he's done in the past. Can you say amen? We're in a time of divine reset. This week I went back and I looked at my notes and here's what I wrote at the beginning of the year. We've entered into a new kingdom era. We have marched off the map. We are in uncharted territory. We are in a pivotal year for our nation. How do we enter into this new year? We enter into this new era in the fear of God and on our knees in prayer. When I wrote that, I didn't know about COVID-19. When I wrote that, I didn't know that we'd be in an election and our president would be off the uh, campaign uh, field and he would be in the hospital. I didn't know that we would face all that we're facing in 2020. I didn't know that football teams would play to empty stadiums and we would see all the things that we're seeing in our nation. But I want to tell you, I might not have known and you might not have known, but the God that we serve, come on, he wasn't caught off guard by all of this and he gave us a warning. You've not been this way before, but in the midst of not being this way before, God says, I've got a solution for you. All you have to do is follow the 
ark of my presence. And if you'll follow me, I'll lead you in paths of righteousness for my name's sake. I'll lead you in the ways that you should go. I'll lead you to the places that you should be. I'll lead you to the places of employment that you're supposed to be employed in. I'll bring you to the place that you need to go to because I'm a God who leads and guides in all truth. Somebody give God praise in this place. In James chapter 5, verse 16, it says, The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So now's the time for you and I to ask the Holy Spirit to search our hearts, deal with our sins, deal with attitudes we've allowed to creep into our lives, and anything in our lives that we need to submit to Him. James chapter 4, verse 7 through 10 says, Submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. This is the key scripture, I believe, for where we are today. We must not be double-minded, but we must be single-focused. You see, we are in a time of reset. You see, we get a reset when we slow down and we listen to the Holy Spirit. We tend to see time as linear in, in, in the Western world that we live in. We tend to think about time. Well, Pastor gave a prophecy in January that this year would be this particular year. So at the end of the year, we're saying, well, where's the, that prophecy? But you see, in the Scripture, time is not measured in, in linear. It's not measured in a straight line. It's cyclical and seasonal. It's more cyclical in the Scriptures. So what happens is, is the promises of this year may overlap into the next year. And into the next year, we may see the beginning of it, but not the complete fulfillment of it and God has made us some awesome promises that we've yet see come to pass and oftentimes if we don't see them because we're instant people we want everything microwave but God doesn't work according to that time structure God has his own time structure the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 3 1 to everything there's a season a time for every purpose under heaven in the first eight verses of that chapter there are 28 different seasons in life the prophetic words that we often release will overlap into subsequent seasons or into subsequent years. And we may not see the complete fulfillment of it right away. The Lord highlighted two scriptures this year. I've talked about this over and over again. But let me give them to you real quick. Isaiah 43, 19, grows and matures. Don't you perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and open up flowing streams in the desert. And then the latter part of Joshua 3, 4, you have not been this way before. And here's some things that God began to speak to me about this year. He said this year will be a time of divine reset. Reset is defined as to set again or to set, adjust, or fix in a new or different way. To reset something is very important. The second thing God said, this would be a year of recompense. Isaiah 62, 11, out of the Amplified Bible. Behold, the Lord is proclaimed to the end of the earth. Say to the daughter of Zion, behold, your salvation comes in the person of the Lord. Behold, his reward is with him and his work and his recompense before him. I've talked about recompense. Listen, early in this pandemic, I began to pray. I said, Lord, what's going to happen financially? People are losing their jobs. What's going to happen? And here's what the Lord spoke to me. He said, son... I'm going to open the windows of heaven over you. I'm going to prove myself to you. I'm going to show you that even in the midst of an economic downturn, in the midst of a negative growth situation, that I'm going to bless you and I'm going to take care of you. And my wife will sit here and say that God has been faithful to his word to our family. 
This is a year of recompense. Recompense is more than repayment. It's repayment plus interest. Listen, I went to the mailbox yesterday and I had a check from Blue Cross Blue Shield. I hadn't had Blue Cross Blue Shield in a year. They said, we owe you this amount of money. I thought, praise God. Where'd that come from? Recompense. See, God's balancing the books. God is going to repay you for the things you've lost and have been stolen from you. He said, this will be a year I reopen doors. Doors that have previously been closed will reopen this year. Revelation 4.1, after these things I looked and behold a door standing open in heaven and the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me saying, come up here and I'll show you things which must take place after this. Windows in the Bible represent blessing. Malachi 3.10 talks about the open windows. Doors represent promotion, access and opportunity, but gates represent territories. I don't have time to preach there, so just uh, receive that. Number four is reconnecting in relationships. The kingdom of God functions through relationships watch the relationships that God is bringing on your path watch them because relationships are key to where God's going to take us and relationships you're going to reconnect in relationships this year number five is the removal of reproaches there's a reproach over our nation and I'm praying that God will take and wipe the reproach away in the name of Jesus Joshua 5 9 then the Lord said to Joshua this day I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you therefore the name of the place is Gilgal to this day we're in a time of divine reset When we reset our computers or our smartphones, it is to restore it to our factory settings. If you call 1-800-APPLE or 1-800-HEWLETT-PACKER, whatever it is, they'll say, the first thing they'll say is, have you tried to reset it? This is more than just turning it off and on again. This is a factory reset where you take and wipe out all the software and you reset it back to its original purpose. That's what God's doing in the church. That's why I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, the church is the most essential thing in this city. We're more essential than Walmart. We're more essential than the grocery store. We're more essential than Dollar General. I said, why did you allow the church to be closed, the doors to be closed, and we couldn't assemble? Man, we needed to be together. We needed to pray together. He said, I'm trying to bring my church back to a place of pure worship. I'm trying to bring my church back. I'm resetting the church back to what I called her to be. He's calling us back to his original blueprint in Matthew 21, 13. My house shall be called a house of prayer. He's resetting us back to our original purpose. I had an iMac big 27 inch thing and it started having all kinds of problems with the internet i had apple care so i called apple i walked through all this stuff with their support people they finally said we're going to make you an appointment at at the greenville store so i had to load that big thing up and carry it in the mall went in the mall set it down in the mall and the guy came down and and i'm telling you that i might work perfectly i thought about just leaving it with them i saw this just i couldn't get it to work i couldn't get it to do anything that it had done in my house and I knew it wasn't just my router. I had changed routers. I had done everything that you. So you know what I did? I brought that thing home and I totally wiped it clean and reset it. And when I did that, I never had another problem. The problem is, as you go out on the internet, you pick up a bug, malware, a virus, or something, and it gets into your system. It may embed in your system and it may hide there. But after a while, that thing's going to manifest because it's a foreign thing that's not supposed to be in there. Just like something that's in your physical body. And you may have to reset it back to its factory settings. Now, on a Windows machine, you can do a thing called restore. 
If you're having trouble, you can just restore it back to the day before you were having trouble. And it'll go back and it'll restore that. But this is more than restoration. This is a reset. So I want you to see the difference. Everything is changing. They will not go back to what we have known as normal. We've not been this way before. Things are going to be very different because we're in a time of reset. So how do we navigate these changes? How do we survive this storm? How do we overcome the fear and the heaviness of this day? Well, first off, we must have our strength renewed. One of the themes of this conference I was in was refreshing. And they told us, the group that was there works totally with pastors. It's called Pastor Serve. They said one in five pastors are leaving the ministry as a result of this virus. I talked with a friend of mine the other day. He said a good friend of mine has closed his church and left the ministry. Listen, we're in difficult times as families. We're in difficult times in the church world. And we're in difficult straits in our nation. How do we navigate this storm? How do we do that? We must have refreshing from the Lord and have our strength renewed. And Nehemiah 8.10 is the key. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And there's a release of joy for you today. Psalms 34, 3 and 4. Trust in the Lord. Do good. Dwell in the land. Feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. See, the joy of the Lord is released through my relationship with him. Well, pastor, when I get my car paid for, I'm going to have joy. You'll have three flat tires that week. When I get that new refrigerator, you know, it's got the thing that slides out in the bottom and the two on the top, and it's got the, you know, it's day after the warranty, it, it blows up. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about joy comes out of my relationship with God. I have joy when the heat don't come on. I have joy when the car won't start. I have joy in the midst of trial. The whole world looks like it's just shifting to and from and reeling to and fro like a drunkard. But in the midst of that, I know that God's on the throne. And if God be for me, who can be against me? And I draw my strength out of him. Psalms 1, verse 1, 2, and 3 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The word blessed means happy. What is God doing in this season? He is releasing the joy of the Lord. Isaiah 40, verse 31. I was meditating in this scripture this week. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. To say that we're living in troublesome times is an understatement. We're engaged with an enemy who's doing his best to destroy our society, to rob us of our freedoms, and eliminate our worship. The financial world is in a place of uncertainty. The world is in a difficult place, and many nations are in very difficult times economically. And if you dwell on the news, if you just watch Fox News or CNN or MSNBC or any of the other news 24 hours a day, you're going to buy into the fear and the depression of our day. But I want to encourage you to meditate 
in the Word of God, to read and study the Word and let the Word speak to your heart, what will happen? Your faith will grow. The joy of the Lord will begin to increase. And in the midst of this world that's weary and needs refreshing, you'll have a strength beyond your own strength. Second Timothy 1.7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power and love and a sound mind. God is saying, don't buy into the fear of this age. I'm your source. See, we have the promises of God to guide us and the power of the Holy Spirit to empower us. Romans 8.31 says, if God be for us. Say that with me. If God be for us, then who can be against me? See, we've entered into a new year on the Hebrew calendar. As many of you know, I love to study out the Hebraic roots of, the, of our faith. And we've entered into a new year, 5781. Actually, we're in the Feast of Tabernacles, Sukkot, right now. Israel is under quarantine because they've been hit with a new wave of this virus. So I don't know how they're celebrating this. But this year, all the high holy days have been under quarantine. That's interesting that that's happened to them this year. But we passed out of 5780. 80 is, is the Hebraic number for the letter pay. Pay talks about our mouth. It's the picture of a mouth. has to do with what we say, what we speak. And look what we have to put on when we go out. What do we cover? We cover our mouths. Think that's a coincidence? I don't think so. It has to do with our breath to speak. Well, what are we hearing? I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. But we've now entered into 5781, which is the year pay a left. A left is a silent letter. The picture of it is an ox. So it's a year of strength. It's a year of power. The ox was, to the Hebrews, that, that was the most powerful animal. They knew how to describe the power of that animal. If you saw the picture that Lisa put up earlier, it was two big old ox. And I, told, I reached over and told my wife, I'm glad I'm not having to do that, plow behind those ox. My granddaddy plowed behind mules and all that. And he just thought anybody that didn't plow behind a mule was lazy. If you didn't get up at 5 o'clock in the morning... And, and you didn't go out and plow the back 40, you was just lazy. So I grew up all my life feeling like I was lazy because I've never gotten up at 5 o'clock in the morning regular, and I've never gone out and plowed the back 40. There's the picture. Thank you, Darren. So what is God saying this year? He's saying this is a year to overcome and break curses. God wants every curse broken so you can walk in his freedom. This is a year of alignment. God is connecting heaven and earth in a new way. We must know our tribe and we must know who we're connected to, and we must only be in the relationships that God has called us to be in. We must say, Lord, I bind the enemy from sending relationships that would deter me and distract me and keep me from my destiny, and I loose the relationships on my path that are going to reconnect with in this season that are going to open the doors that I need to open for my family and for my life. They are destiny helpers that God wants to bring, and God wants to align heaven and earth in a new way this year, and we've got to come into correct alignment with the Lord so that we can be conduits of the outpouring that he's about to bring. And this is a year that apostolic ministry will rise. And listen to me. Be careful of all these people who are self-styled, self-appointed, and self-named apostles. I had a dear friend in Poland. He built a church in Poland, 90.9.9% Catholic. He built a thriving Pentecostal church. He taught and believed in giving and sowing and reaping. And his mayor came to him because they had come out of communism and said, would you teach, help me teach our people how not to live under a poverty structure and a poverty mentality coming out of that communist system. 
And I watched him, and he had churches in Nepal and churches in other places. And I asked him one day, I said, Pastor, are you an apostle? He said, I'm not an apostle. He said, I'm a 21st century pastor. I'm just redefining the role of a pastor. I said, according to my definition and my understanding of the word of God, you are an apostle. He said, no, I'm just a pastor that's doing it differently. It won't be somebody that seeks a title, but it'll be somebody that just serves the Lord and you can define their office by their anointing, their calling, their gifting, and their function. Can somebody say amen? amen. Three words and then I'm finished. Here's three things God has been speaking to you felt the pressure of this season. Philippians 3.14, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. Here's what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to press out of the things that have held us in confinement. What has kept us confined? What has kept us boxed in? We've got to press out of the things that have held us in confinement. Secondly, we have to press in prayer to overcome any generational thing that has kept us in bondage. We're going to have to press into our prophetic inheritance. To press means to move or cause to move into a position of contact with something by exerting continuous physical force. Oftentimes when there's a crowd of people that's trying to get through a gate and the gates haven't opened and the people in the back get a little bit impatient. Anybody ever been there? They start pressing towards that gate. And people have been crushed in the front part of that. Let me give you a good example of that. Walmart on Black Friday. And 400 people lined up to get in there. And they'll fight and claw their way to get a $200 TV. But they'll press. Am I, am I preaching okay? The second word is purity. God's calling his people back to a place of holiness. He's calling us to be a people who are pure in heart. Listen to what the scripture says in, in Joshua 3, 5. Then Joshua told the people, purify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Think about that. One translation says, sanctify yourselves. Another translation says, consecrate yourself. For tomorrow the Lord will do wonders. Now that word consecration, that word means to separate yourself out unto the Lord. I am to separate myself out. What am I to separate myself from? The pursuits of this world. What is it that has most of your attention? What is it that gets and garners most of our attention? I've got to separate myself from that. Why? Because the Lord wants to do wonders among us. The third world, I told you I wouldn't be long, is propel. Press, purity, and propel. Kingdom reset. That means to drive or cause to move forward or onward, to impel or urge onward. Philippians 3.13, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. There's a lot behind us. Some of it we need to forget. Some of it we need to crucify. Some of it we need to just lay on the altar. And we need to move on. And God is saying, press press and if you'll press into me i'm going to propel you god is about to propel some people into what he has for them can you lift your hands and give god praise perhaps you're here today and you're heavy burdened some of you've been under severe attack your job may be threatened 
You may have some difficult circumstances facing you. I've not come today just to offer you a temporary good, feel-good message, but I've come to give you hope. There's hope today, and it's in the Lord Jesus Christ. See, we have a difficult task ahead of us, and if we're going to have to pray, we're going to have to fast, we're going to have to stand in faith for our family, our city, and our nation. And we're going to engage in warfare. How do we keep our strength? I've got to keep the joy of the Lord. How do I get the joy of the Lord? Psalm 1611. In your presence, there's fullness of joy. Folks, if we can just get in the presence of the Lord. If we can just get in the presence of the Lord. The joy of the Lord will begin to bubble up on the inside of us. You can't get joy by just going through the motions. You can't get joy by just, just trying to, you know, well, I'm trying to be joyful, Pastor. I'm just, well, you'll never get, get in his presence. Listen, get you some worship. That song that we listened to earlier, put on some worship. Put some worship in your house. Every so often, I just think, man, I'm going to leave TV off today. And I'm going to listen to something that feeds my spirit, man. Get into God's Word. Meditate in it. Study it. Let the presence of God come. And you know what God will do? He'll speak to you. He'll give you instructions. And the joy of the Lord will get released in your life. You say, Pastor, how do I do that? Well, just start simple. And look, you don't have to, when you pray, you don't have to speak in King James English. You, you don't have to sound churchy. Just talk to him. Just have a conversation with him. Now, we all have our styles. I remember I was a young pastor just starting out at, in Anderson at River Heights, Beth and I. A lot of Sundays I drove the church van, taught the Sunday school class, preached the sermons, gave the altar calls, drove the kids back in the church van, and then went back and done it on Sunday night. <laughs> I don't regret any of it. Did it as under the Lord, and God's blessed me beyond measure and still blessing me because of those seeds I sowed. And when I didn't drive the church van, Beth drove the church van. What time she wasn't cutting the lights on and off, and remember we used to cut the grass. Those were hard times, but those were good times. God blessed us. What are you saying? Take time to be in his presence. Take time to serve him and love him. Put him first. Listen, life comes at us at 100 miles an hour. And everything competes for our attention today. Set time aside. and Get in his presence. Maybe it's on the commute to work. Maybe it's on the way home. And set time aside as a family. And watch how God will increase your joy. And you'll get a revelation of his love. Listen, sometimes just knowing I'm loved. The enemy may be coming against me. Hell may be assailing me. But I know the Father's with me. And he loves me. Sometimes that's enough. Just to bring comfort in the midst of difficulty. So I want to challenge you as we walk through this kingdom reset. And as we chart this new course. 
stay in his presence and let his love envelop you and let the comfort of the Holy Spirit keep you in this hour. Amen? Stand with me. They that wait upon the Lord. That word wait there is not the kind of word that we know waiting to be. This is an expectant faith that's depending and trusting on God that he's going to break us through.